Oh my god. I'm sorry. I have to stop this right now. Yes. Drake just changed his Instagram profile picture to the Bucks daughter. That's amazing. <laughs> and we dribble it. Yeah, yeah. And we dribble it. Yeah, yeah. And we dribble it. Yeah. We put some shots up and we dribble it. For Ball We Know, episode 53, it's your boy Nate. Wow, you changed. It, it's your other boy, I guess, Ahop. <laughs> Do you want me to start it over? No, no, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> one, one take podcast, yeah. I just didn't know that I would need like to be describing myself with anything. Or else uh, I would have been prepared. I just wanted to spruce it up a little bit. It's your boy, you know? It's your boy. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> I was expecting a little more enthusiasm from you rather than confusion, but here we are. I, wow, you just were cutting out a lot, and I was not prepared, so I... I don't think that quickly, you know, lit, not always. Lit technology, love it. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. I thought we were living in a technological age, but I guess we're not. Negative ghostwriter. Back to the Stone Age. You I know, suppose so. Yeah, Stephen Adams looks like he's straight out of the Stone Age. I mean, kind of. Like he just got in a time machine and he's like, I'm here. I play basket hoop and then murder people on the side. Or like Atlantis, maybe. Yeah, Poseidon. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, we are officially over the year threshold now with episode 53. Yeah, yeet. Like last year, you could have said it's been a year or we're coming up on a year. Uh, we don't know the exact date, but 53 puts us exactly over for those of you that know months and how a calendar works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is coming from you. Didn't you just the other day text me saying that you don't know how to calendar? Yes, this is correct. And apparently so... you raffled. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. But I can't, um, I can't calendar, man. Well, I don't know if you should criticize other people for their potential inability to calendar. No, I was trying to help them. Oh, okay, good. Well, I don't know that I trust you at this juncture, but <laughs> let's move into the kicks of the week. Woo! Podcast. As it is I who generally chooses them. Um, whoa, I was, whoa, whoa, I don't know about that here. That is literally like objectively true. I put I th- them on I here think, every week. I think I choose a fire pair and then you say those suck and then these are better. No, I consult you about them weekly and I pick them 90% of the time. I think you give me options and we narrow them down. So as it is I who usually chooses <laughs> the kicks, I was again disappointed with the selection. Um, so we ended up going with the Puma Clyde Courts. This edition is called Title Run. I know, Nathan, that you're a bit of a fan of these these Pumas. I haven't yeah. really gotten into them, but this colorway is pretty clean. Um, it's gold. As, That's all there is. <laughs> yeah. As you would expect from a Title Run colorway, they're all gold. And they're kind of shiny on the inside. Yeah, they do have like a sequiny, glistening kind of patterning on the inside of the foot. Uh, they're pretty basic, but it's it's a nice basic. I mean, sometimes the best sauce is, you know, basic sauce. Uh, (laughs) There's some kind of metaphor I was looking for, and I couldn't find it. Yeah, I think you were going somewhere with that, and then it just kind of stalled out. (laughs) Sometimes the best recipe is, like, not a recipe at all. I don't know. There's some kind of saying. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think you're trying to create one, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For ball I know, there's a saying out there. Yeah. And that well, wasn't it. Let's move into our general news since we're talking about stuff you find in kitchens. Sauces and tea and 
Ooh. Okay. That was like a, a little Fantastic Four stretch there, but... <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> um, so Magic Johnson, he, he accidentally spilt some tea this week. I don't, I don't know, know that there accident. was any accident. Yeah, it was kind of straightforward. I, probably because he's working with ESPN again. But he was on, what was it, first take? I don't know what he was on. I don't remember. I don't know. He got into some middle school-ish, and he said that Rob Polinka was talking behind his back uh, during the time with, his time with the Lakers uh, in the front office, obviously. Um, quote, he backstabbed me. So there was a lot to this. He had like a whole on conversation with uh max kettleman and Stephen a smith about just how there was a lot of drama and you know he, his voice wasn't really being heard and that palenka would go behind his back after he said one thing and he'd do another and magic also recommended that they fire luke walton um and genie bus i guess wasn't on board with that and then he left, and then they ended up firing him anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. um, kind of a weird situation. I mean, so, it sounds like it was a very weird situation. Saw a lot of things on Twitter that from Suns fans that were like, when you realize you don't have the worst front office at the NBA, it was a bunch of gifts of guys celebrating. Uh, there's also that report, though, that part of the problem between Bus and Magic also was that he, I, it was something about Magic offering more for AD than than Bus was okay with, or more than he said that he was going to, or something like that. Uh, yeah, even though like you could have offered the whole city of LA, and they still would have said no. So it well, didn't we matter. we know that now, but <laughs> at the time we did not. Yeah, Nolens was a little uh, picky there. Yeah, a little is an understatement, but yeah, I think it's interesting that. He's just kind of airing him out. I don't really know. <laughs> no, I wasn't. No one was expecting this. He just like, I'm gonna go on TV and say things. And yeah. Then NBA Twitter is gonna freak out. I don't know what he really stands to gain at this point. It doesn't, unless he somehow believes that putting all these people on blast will be to the benefit of the Laker organization, which he still dearly cares about because he's a former player and employee, obviously. Yeah, it seems pretty clear that, that he cares a lot about the franchise. So short of him thinking that this will be beneficial long run, I don't know why he would be doing all of it, but, you know. Yeah. Um, some more Twitter drama. Uh, Katie's Twitter fingers once again showed up. Always. Uh, he was in his feelings because he's also always in his feelings. Um, yep. So on, I think it was Undisputed on Fox Sports 1, Chris Broussard said that Kevin Durant's worst nightmare is coming true. If the Warriors win a title without KD, that like might diminish his two rings that he had with them. And then he later tweeted or quote tweeted the video and said, will this diminish his two rings? And so KD replied to that tweet naturally as snakes do. Um, I see a little exaggeration there, buddy. My worst nightmare question mark. You, the letter, not the word. Sure, that is, is the worst that it can get. So, I guess Katie didn't like that he said that it's his worst nightmare. Like, I don't know what he's getting at with this, honestly. Um, Broussard then replied on TV, not Twitter, because that's what normal people do, is they don't do Twitter beef when they're adult men, 
I guess. Um, I don't know that that's true anymore. But. <laughs> no, Katie's making it normal now. But, well, Katie uh, amongst others. He said, Katie and I have a love-hate relationship. We've texted for two to three hours straight about life, basketball, media, faith. Katie has uh, gone at me much harder privately. We make a living crit- critiquing athletes. It would be hypocritical. God, I can't talk. Hypocritical, hypocritical of us to not be able to take it. And here I have a podcast. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to say, like, I do like that the the last sentence there would be hypocritical if he couldn't dish it out but not take it back, kind of thing. So because this like obviously blew up and everybody was all freaking out about this, and Chris Broussard's like, I mean, it happens in this industry. It's not abnormal. Yeah. It's just like us going at them. It's just reverse. So, because some people are making such a big deal out of this, which I could see why, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, they do it on the other end every day, and it's yeah normalized now. So, yeah. Um, to continue, Katie had to reply again. Um, I just uh, Katie replies on Twitter again. Yeah, there we are. Uh, he says, "Cap, cap, 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 cap." I don't know All if, cap. I don't know. Is he shooting him? Like, what's happening here? Cap, cap, cap. Wait, do you actually not understand? I hope you actually understand. Uh, no cap, right? Yeah. So, like, no cap. This is the opposite. He's calling that it is cap. Like, he's he's bluffing. Yeah. Uh, so, he says, yeah. you don't have my number, man, with a bunch of ends. Man. Uh-huh. <laughs> to which Broussard responded on a, with a quote tweet so everybody could see it. IG DM, Twitter DM, text, it's all the same thing nowadays, dude. Don't act like I'm lying. Which is facts. And it's also is- like the oldest like seven year old person thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Well, one, <laughs> I don't think the Chris Broussard's that old, but he's like fifty. I, I think it's like you said though, this is K D nitpicking, which is exactly what he did initially, right? And the question mm-hmm. was, is this KD's worst nightmare coming true? Which is obviously a figure of speech. And then he asked the question, does this diminish his two rings that they win without him? And the best KD can answer back is, I see a little exaggeration there, buddy. My worst nightmare. Like, he's nitpicking. He's, like, <laughs> trying to downplay things that are, like, very obviously beside the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Broussard also tweeted a video out. Uh, KD didn't reply to that. He said, the pat in the video, he said, the past year I have, 60 plus IG and Twitter DMs from KD, mostly from three com- conversations initiated by him, spanning five plus hours each. And I won't post the scre- screenshots because everybody was asking him to, out of respect for KD and others I text with. And he, he there, he, again, he used text to kind of like make, make a point. Like, I use that. I'm not meaning text. I mean, this for all intents and purposes, given this, the situation seems like a pretty mature move where he's like, look, I have them. I'm not going to like air you out posting them. And the fact that Katie didn't say anything back, I feel like makes it seem mm-hmm. really legit. Like if, if Katie really thought it was cap, he would have said something back about, well, yeah, no post them. Let's see it. But yeah. it sounds like we started being straight up. And even though we're kind of making fun of Katie here a little bit, I could see what he was saying on the second part of um, him texting. Yeah. Because, you know, if he's thinking like, uh, 
you know, a text message is giving someone your number and you guys are like friends or, you know, acquaintances. A different level of of intimacy. Yes. So he might be saying like, whoa, man, like slow your roll. We're not friends. You know, we just kind of talk from time to time. Don't act like we're friends. And so then he's like, well, I'm not saying that we're friends. I'm just saying we talk via text, (laughs) not speak. So I don't yeah. know. it's kind of pointless. Uh, Katie's just bored and injured, I guess. So he's just doing that. Well, I mean, since he just doesn't travel with the team, but uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think the initial question is the most interesting part of this whole exchange. Yeah, and it makes you feel like maybe Katie feels that question because now we're no longer talking about that question. We're talking about this pretend Twitter beef. Also. Like it wasn't targeted at Katie, it was about him. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Katie, what do you got to say about this? It was just like asking a question to the public to get a conversation started, as media does. Yeah, not like, hey, Katie, you're a bitch, like (laughs) at Katie, you know, (laughs) like he's not adding him. Yeah, yeah, he was just like doing his job, you know, putting stuff out there for the world to see for sure. Yeah, um. I don't see this on here, so I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Um, KD uh, might not be able to play. This just came out today, right before. Mm, yeah. The The report was... Let me see if I can find it. Um, he's unlikely to start, to return for start of the finals. And Boogie Cousins is expected to play at some point in the finals. So obviously we know that they're in the finals now, but uh, so KD could be out the whole finals because they they say the start of the finals, so maybe he comes back game six or seven is what they're maybe they're kind of alluding to, but it doesn't seem good for I them. I don't know. I think you're making an assumption. The start of the finals is a pretty ambiguous statement because, like, to some people the start might be game one and two, and to some people, like you said, the start could be the first five games. Yeah, I feel like. That was left open on purpose. Also, right. Boogie has the most ambiguous injuries in the history of the world because they always are saying, well, he'll be back soon. And then he never comes back. <laughs> and then he never comes back to Oakland. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really know what that even means. Um, we'll see, though. Because he's leaving for his money. Um, yeah, no, I, I understood that part. Um, I was trying to give you a segue here. God. I, I, I wasn't ready to talk about that yet. Oh, um, no. I'll come back. The to final, it. the final start on May 30th, correct? Um, I think so. Cause it, I don't know. I guess the way I was the just games thinking play about, out. I think the... I already saw that they start on the, the 30th though. Yeah. Cause... I want I just want. The uh, game seven, if this series between Milwaukee and the Raps go to seven, it would end on the twenty seventh, and they usually have a few days before the game. So I guess my train of thought was whether it would matter for Golden State if this game, if this series went to seven. I think regardless, you probably wanted to though. So anyway, yeah. Sorry, I, I ruined your segue for not much. Kate um, Boogie wants his money. I'll do it again. He wants his money, 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 money. Money. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, let's see. Speaking of 
dudes who are going to make money. And I think it's up in the air how much Boogie's going to make because because now he's injured again because he's chronically injured. But um, <laughs> chronically. Some guys, that's not untrue. It's <laughs> aggressive. Um, some guys who are poised to make some some racks on racks on bands. Uh, Dame hmm. is expected to get a four year, hundred and ninety one million dollar supermax uh, extension this summer from Portland. Dude's gonna need his own bank. Dude's gonna need a better team. That's what he's gonna need. <laughs> Not if he's taking up all the cap space. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> so those are a little bit conflicting, I think. Um, so that's the deal there. The next Kemba. one's the most interesting right here. Agreed, yeah. Kemba Walker became eligible for the Supermax after making an All-NBA team this year. More on that was, later. He was the third team, correct? Yes. Um, so that makes him eligible for, I believe, a five-year, something like 230 million contract. Is that correct? Something ridiculous, yes. Yeah. I don't know the specifics. I, it was in the 200s, though. I know that. For sure, yeah. Um, and then this one is a little ways out, but I saw this and just thought it was absurd. Uh, Giannis will be a free agent in the summer of 2020, and he could sign a five-year, $247 million Supermax <laughs> extension with the Bucks, which I would anticipate that he will, um, which would be the largest contract in basketball history. And then Milwaukee will be poor, and it'll just be Giannis there. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of how this has been happening. It's kind of how sports works, just like the NFL. If you sign a quarterback, the rest of your team sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Seahawks. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really have a segue for this. I was trying to think of one. I mean, outside of the fact that Suns players are just getting in trouble all over the place. Yeah. Um, so Josh Jackson got arrested last week. And now Rashawn Holmes who's the backup center. Um, he got arrested for possession of marijuana in Miami. Pulling a D-Lo. Mm-hmm. Him and D-Lo. Honestly, man, I wish that we could get an honest survey of the NBA of how many of those dudes smoke. <laughs> and, and and why the NBA doesn't test in the offseason. <laughs> or apparently they don't, I should say. I don't know if they actually don't. Yeah. But if these dudes are feeling mo- comfortable enough to smoke, because it doesn't weed take like two weeks to get out of your system or something crazy like I that. I don't know. Something like that. It's a long time. That's all I know. Yeah. So these dudes got to be feeling pretty comfy that they don't have a, a test coming up soon. I mean, I think that the NBA probably realizes it's in their best interest not to do that. <laughs> so that more dudes are on the court playing. And I mean, I feel like a lot of guys do use it as like a for a relaxing thing, and B is something that helps probably with their their pain management. Yes, yeah, it's not like they're using like heroin or meth. See, yes, <laughs> and I feel like if <laughs> the more you enforce it, the more guys are going to be upset about it, and the more often you're going to be suspending people and whatever. And that's just a big mess. I don't think they really want to get into. Yeah, I think they see their. Uh, their brother or sister organization in the NFL and they're just like, yeah, we'd rather just let these guys be them. Yeah. <laughs> I, exactly. I don't even know if D got in trouble by the NBA after all that. Honestly, I'm inclined to think probably not. Like I really don't <laughs> think the NBA cares. <laughs> they were that probably much. just like, eh, off season, not our plane, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well what happened with Tyreek Evans? He just got suspended for violating the NBA NBA, NBA drug, whatever. 
Well, his were his PEDs or something then? I I don't. Know. They don't and mention. That's why I ask. Oh, okay, if there was no mention, yeah, I, I think it might have. Oh, then. I think was he using Adderall? Weird. Maybe that was NFL. That might have been the NFL. Uh, I don't know, so I don't want to speculate. But yeah, I I couldn't tell you on D'Lo, but I want to speculate. He's not going to hear this anyway. Dude was using crack cocaine. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that's so out of bounds. <laughs> I'm just playing. Tyreek, if you're listening, shout us out on Instagram or Twitter, but maybe not this episode. <laughs> Instead, why isn't it like, Tyreek, good luck, whatever's going on with you. If it's something negative, hope you figure it out. If it's something BS, then the NBA sucks. That's all we got for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, another great segue here. Some, well, I guess this is kind of BS in a way. Um, Mike Butenholzer, is that how you say that? Uh, the close enough. The Bucks coach, he's uh, he's focusing on some BS on the sideline and not focused on the game. So uh, if many of you probably watched. All right, we hope you watched the Raptors Bucks game. I think it was game. Uh, what is it? Three, four, four uh, in Toronto. Drake was all kinds of hype on the sideline. Yes. Uh, he even at one point gave the. Raptors coach like a little massage on the back. Yeah, a little shoulder rub. Like good job. It was kind of it was like two seconds, but it was still hilarious. And he's just he was talking ish to to Giannis and stuff. Whether or not Giannis actually heard him, I don't think he did. But you know, he's still doing I it. I don't know, man. He probably did. <laughs> he never acknowledged it anyway. Yeah. Um, however, Mike Butenholzer said there's certainly no place for fans or whatever Drake is for the Raptors on the court. Um I guess I was watching tonight's game and they said that Mike kind of took back his comments and said he should have thought about more what he knew more about what he said and just kind of released it out of anger and that he should probably focus more on the game than what's on the sidelines. Which is true. I mean, I think he was just frustrated following that, that loss and it kind of got in his head, which is exactly what Drake wants. Right. Yeah. I mean, like even if, um, he wasn't focused on this in the game. There's no way you don't notice it at one point, you know, some dude standing on the sideline, the same sideline as you, you know, yeah, freaking out yeah. and stuff. You're going to notice. And especially if it's Drake, you're going to notice. So, um, yeah. I do think though that what, whether or not this was the right place or time for him to say that, I feel like there is some kind of truth to the statement where you see guys sitting courtside all the time, whatever, but that was a lot. You know, he's up, he's back and forth, he's giving the coach a back rub, he's yelling at people. You know, it's like, guys courtside are going to do things, cool, but it makes you sort of question what the limits should be. Does celebrity status kind of allow you to forego all of these? Well, he also has a stake in the in the team, though, at the same time. So you could kind of, you know, if you wanted to, compare him to, like, Mark Cuban or something like that, who's, like, at at the bench yelling at the refs and stuff. And I guess I haven't seen that much of that. He's got. So, he's been so fined before, though. We've yelled at the refs and stuff on the sideline. So, so you kind of have to wonder, like, what is Drake doing versus what other people are doing, and is there a line that is being crossed? I don't know, but I think it's something that should at least be considered. Personally, I don't. I have never seen Drake yell at a ref, other than like a normal fan. Like, oh, come on! He's never like gotten in their grill or anything. Yeah, yeah. Mainly just players just trying to mess with them. So I think it's you know all you know. And fun. There's no like malicious mat- attempt. Well, intent. I, intent. God, I cannot speak. Why do I have no, a podcast? 
Uh, see you next week, guys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, like he's, it doesn't seem like anyway. I, obviously, I think we would have heard by now if he was like cursing out Giannis or something. But he's probably just saying like, "Oh, nice air ball!" Like, "Oh, you suck!" You know, stuff like that, just to try to get in his head. Not like, "Dude, I hate you. I hope you die" or something. <laughs> you know, he's not. <laughs> well, I hope not. It's probably not going as far as Utah fans. You know. Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. And then there was a little bit of a response from the Bucks side to the whole Drake thing. Um, Mallory Edens, who is the daughter of the Bucks owner, mm-hmm. Wes Edens. Yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> is uh, sitting courtside at game five. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram at football, we know you will have seen this on our story. And I mentioned I would talk about it a little bit this episode. She is wearing a Pusha T t-shirt sitting courtside. Um, and I said in the story, if you don't know, or if you know, you know. It sounds like some people don't know. So there was a huge deal. What was that? This just last summer? Um, a yeah. feud between Pusha T and Drake. Pusha T threw some subliminal kind of shots at Drake in this track called Infrared. Uh, Drake responded with, I believe Duppy Freestyle, where he did a lot more dissing of Kanye, I feel like, than he did of Pusha T. Pusha T responded with the story of a died-in, which was the big bombshell that revealed to the world that Drake had a kid that nobody knew about. Um, Drake talked about on the shop with LeBron, how he considered replying. He had it all planned out, and he said he was really just going to like end Pusha's life, end his career, whatever, um, and he decided against it. So... Mallory sitting courtside with the push shirt is just a little dig back at Drake. I think it's pretty hilarious. Um, Nathan also did some detective work and found out that Drake follows Mallory Edens on Instagram. We will see if that is still the case <laughs> after this game tonight. She's also sitting next to Aaron Rodgers. So. Casually, real casually. We'll see if there's any um, kind of news about them hooking up or something. You never know. Um, she actually has like, what is it? Uh, was it a hundred thousand Instagram followers? I didn't and, pay attention to the followers. I was looking and, at the photos. And I guess she got <laughs> famous from uh from the NBA draft. She like got a couple years ago she got to announce what pick the Bucks had and people saw her and because the internet is itself, they're like, Oh, and a bunch She's of hot. I want to follow her. At the time she was seventeen, so that's that. That's but creepy. Nevertheless. <laughs> she has grown into a nice young woman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently she went to Yale and she's like a writer too in her bio. So that's kind of interesting. Well, when you're already rich and then you become Instagram famous, you can kind of be whatever you yeah, want. You could just be a philosopher or something, but a, <laughs> Seriously, a terrible you get away one. With being anything in the world. It's ridiculous. <laughs> an activist. I love those. Um, I love those people. I'm an activist. Well, how much does that pay? It doesn't. <laughs> it sounds like when she became more or less Instagram famous was in 2014 um, and so that would make her now, I don't know, she's 23. Damn, she looks like 20, like 9, 33. Like, she looks old and like the, 33, huh? I don't know, man. She looks older than, like, way older than 23, I think. I <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anyway, though, that's a uh, little bit, a little brief synopsis of the Pusha T Drake beef. If you're interested, check out Infrared by Pusha T, Duppy Freestyle by Drake, The Story of a Dieden by Pusha T, and then the whole Scorpion Drake album has a lot of res- small responses, so that's that. And now for the story of CP3. Hey, there you go. Um, apparently him and Harden don't like each other anymore. 
<laughs> that's that's a reach, but maybe. This is how the media does it. CP3 reportedly spoke True. with Mike D'Antoni about concerns with how their offense was run. And I think it was like game six, right? This was in the yeah. locker room or something like that. Um, I think this was reported a little bit earlier than that, even. Um, as CP3 was trying to make changes during the series. Uh, and then the, their attention was more pronounced, I think, after game six, where mm. reportedly Harden and CB3 had some kind of heated verbal exchange. and Yeah, regarding ball distribution and, yeah. that, and their loss to the dubs. I mean, I, yeah. could, I could see it basically because, uh, like, Harden was with, you know, with the whole team without CP3 for, like, three quarters of the season. And so yeah. he's probably like, dude, since you came back, we suck <laughs> compared to how we were played. Be- yeah, they were really at their peak when it was at the tail end of that Harden just going absolutely ham sesh. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, man. Crazy times. I mean, it is interesting, too, to watch how differently they move when Harden's on the court versus off. And it feels like when CP3 is on the floor with Harden, Harden kind of refuses to just be a shooter. Which mm-hmm. is, I feel like what he should want to do, right? If I'm on, if I know I don't have to exert myself to score, and I can just be a threat in a corner, and CP3 is going to get me and everyone else open, I, yeah, please. Maybe that's the argument. Maybe he wants the ball, and CP saying no. Perhaps, but it feels like it's in Harden's favor to not have to be ball dominant all of the time. But be that as it may, yeah, Kobe you never know. Where... That, Kobe said that won't win chips, so. <laughs> The Mamba has spoken. There you go. Yeah. The good snake. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, well they're, they're, both, yeah. like, they're both really We're good. We're both like, well. <laughs> no, like, they're both really good. I made that sound bad. It, I don't know. I guess I didn't like Kobe when he played, so. Okay, yeah, so. Younger, younger Kobe had some legal troubles, too, that uh, just kind of disappeared. But, but <laughs> Baby Afro Kobe was mean on the court, though. He was dunking on dudes before he just started shooting fadeaway jumpers all the time true so next topic is a brief speaking one. of speaking of fadeaway jumpers oh <laughs> uh, so we talked about this guy last week because he got jumped um and we have other unfavorable news about Christoph porzingis uh he reportedly gave the knicks an ultimatum before he was traded to to the mavericks and said he would go back to Europe if he was not traded in seven days. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is kind of extreme. So, again, we don't have a lot of information on that. We don't know how true it is. That kind of just got offhandedly <laughs> mentioned by one of the guys in Nick's management recently. So. Anthony Davis is like, trade me or I'm going back to Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. But, yeah, that's just really interesting. And it kind of makes you wonder. I know that you've expressed – uh, what's the word I want? Uh, dissatisfaction with the way players go about this, where they're like, I want to get traded. I don't want to play for this team. I'm going to sit out. Correct. Con- I mean, like AD said, like, I'm done. There was a whole Kawhi fiasco recently. Millionaire crybabies. This is like worse. He's like, I'm just going to go back to Europe. I'm over it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just misses home. <laughs> yeah, where where people hit him with chairs and clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's the lifestyle bet, he grew bet. up in. It. It sounds lit. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe oh. the report's wrong, and Porzingis actually got jumped by six dudes, but then beat them all up single handedly, and he likes it. Uh, his forehead said otherwise, but maybe. 
Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe he headbutted someone at the end. No, <laughs> no, no one wins in a headbutt. We all know that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, kind of a headbutt move. The Blazers re-signed Terry Stotts as their head coach <laughs> or extend him. I, I don't know, man. I kind of feel like that his time's over there. They haven't really done anything. He's been their coach since 2012. So you think the coach is the place to start? Usually that's kind of where you start. I don't know. They, they might Is just... that where you should start, though? A different question. After tw- for, after, for this Blazers team. After seven years, man, I think maybe that's the only thing that would – I don't know. Something's going on. That They need to be in the conference finals. Or the they were in the conference finals, the poll, in the NBA finals <laughs> at one point. God, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I think it's hard to to say that when you have to play against the Warriors. You know, I think a lot of moves are going to be very dependent on what the Warriors do this offseason, where the I think the Rockets' future hangs in the balance. I think the Blazers' future hangs in the balance, where if the Warriors disband, now suddenly the West feels open again. But if that team stays together... Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do. Get a new head coach. Trade Dame, you know. I don't cut Chris Paul for all you want. I don't care. You're not going to beat them. Build your team around Myers Leonard. That's what they need to do. <laughs> yeah, bro. Who said nobody ever? But uh, I don't know. Yeah. He had the Warriors shaking in their boots in game seven, uh, six, five, four. four. Oh yeah, they got swept. Four, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did. Yeah, he had like that twenty-five point half, and then the Blazers still lost. But we'll get to that later. Other management type moves. Uh, the T Wolves reached an agreement with Ryan Saunders to be their next head coach. I'm sure there are no details released because that's how this works. And you have a note here that his dad also coached the T Wolves. Yes, but he has passed away, so it was very emotional. He said, "My dad would be." ecstatic or something like that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, man. Neat. We've mentioned him before and you had no idea who Flip was. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the dummy. <laughs> um, the Pelicans hired the Nets assistant GM, Tarjan Langdon. I'm sure I butchered the hell out of that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, to be, <laughs> thanks, to be the new GM. Um, what does this mean for getting an AD deal done? Oh, AD deal done. I mean, I don't know. Probably nothing. You don't think it'll have any kind of effect? He seems pretty over it. I don't know. He just hasn't been vocal about it at all. Well. Which is good. I mean, you don't want to be too, you know. Well, and the only thing we've heard recently was from his stepdad, who was like, the number one pick doesn't matter. But, like, if the if getting a number one pick doesn't matter, you seem pretty out. Mm-hmm. That's just me, though. Um, and then the Cavs hired JB Bickerstaff as their associate head coach. What is an associate head coach? Do you know? What does that mean? It's an assistant. There's just one of their associates. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. I don't know. They just want to sound corporate. I don't know. I'm going to Google it. 
Oh, Reddit. I'm sure there's an answer on here. But Reddit actually provides some quality information. Associate head coach means nothing, just an added title so they can pay him more. <laughs> oh, okay. Someone said bingo. <laughs> well, the report said that they were pretty insistent on getting him for that role, so they must see something good in Bickerstaff. This person said they believe that the associate will become interim head coach in situations when the head coach cannot coach. So, so they're, it, they're so just, in case the Cavs want to fire their head coach, they got this guy on deck. Yeah, so they have like four assistants, and then they have one associate, like a, uh, kind of like a president vice president situation. The right hand man. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, we learn something new every day. Welcome to For Ball We Know. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> we're learning. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say we're learning together, but I think you were gonna say the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, let's keep moving because we're cruising. Um, all NBA teams dropped. There's some shockers on here, to be honest. Um, to first, be honest? Huh. I mean, he's one of the people on there, but he's not a shocker. Um, exactly, yeah. All, first, we'll start with Alex's favorite, the all-defensive team. Woo! Let's go, baby. <laughs> so I'll let you take this over. Yeah, you, can, the- you can uh, plead your case on who should have made it, who didn't, or who shouldn't have. Yeah, um, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So for the all-defensive first team, we well, as for any team, we have two guards, two forwards, and a quote-unquote center because I don't know that those really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, for guards, for first team, we have Eric Bledsoe from the Bucks and Marcus Smart from the Celtics. Forwards, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Bucks as well as Paul George from OKC. And at center, Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Second team, guards, Drew Holiday, Pelicans, Clay Thompson from the Dubs, obviously. Forwards, Draymond Green and Kawhi Leonard. And your center from the Sixers is Embiid. I, I think these look good. You don't think Pat Bev should have been on there? I mean, I cannot say that I watched enough Drew Holiday to know if he See, that's what I was thinking. Was I was better. like, is Drew really a good defender? Like, this is news to me is kind of what I'm saying here. I think also, though, the fact that Drew Holiday led the NBA for that most underrated vote, maybe this is one of those things he's doing really well that we're just not seeing. Really well and really quiet. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot to be loud about for the Pelicans. Miles Turner had some things to say about his snub. And that's another guy that I didn't get to see too much of. Um, he led the league in blocks, though, right? Something like that. And he also tweeted, cap, cap. <laughs> Two cap yeah. emojis and said, blatant disrespect, but it's all good. Real ones know what's up. You kind of mentioned it like you didn't watch much because they weren't on TV. So I was saying, could this be like a national telev- television game bias? It very well could be. Um, I mean... It's hard, though, to say with him being listed as a center, Gobert and Embiid are both elite defenders. Like, those are both guys who absolutely change the game with the, their presence on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so who is it that he's saying he's he is better than? He thinks he's better than Embiid? I mean, everyone thinks that they're the best at what they do. That's cool. I get it. But it's I'm hard su- for me to think that, like, he really got screwed. I'm kind of surprised by the Embiid thing. A lot of media members said like that was the weakest part of his game, and he was like a terrible defender. This granted, this was like a year or two ago, but still. <laughs> well, he led the league in blocks, and if I'm not mistaken, the Pacers had close to the best defense in in the NBA this last year. 
Um, big man yeah. defense is such a cop out. Oh, you have a lot of blocks. All right, defensive, you know, center of the year. <laughs> well, I think though, also, despite how the the NBA has changed as far as the three point shot, I think people still really consider that center the anchor of the defense. And the Pacers, I just looked, gave up the least points per game this year at one hundred and four point seven, which is already kind of ridiculous. But um. If you want to say he led the league in block shots, plus he was that anchor of the best defense in the NBA as far as points allowed, that gives you a case, I think, automatically. Yeah, it definitely does. I'm just saying, like, I feel like most people just probably look at the blocks and are like, oh, this guy probably works. You know? yeah, yeah, that's also probably true. <laughs> and the team has to be kind of good and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think these are totally fine as far as teams go. I think right. it's a impressive from the Bucks, but also not surprising that they have two guys on the first team. And then I think it's pretty obvious that Clay and Draymond are guys who deserve that kind of thing year in, year out. Mm-hmm. So just two guys also from the same team. So I think they look good, all things considered. So next up, we got the All-NBA rookie teams. Um, I'm just going to start off and say it. The, the biggest snub here, Ben Simmons. <laughs> Easily. Go home, Nathan. Go home. <laughs> Jokes on you, I am home. Last year called, they want their joke back. <laughs> Dude, it never ends on for Paul, we know. It's a running yeah. joke. Touche. Um, first team, we got Luka Doncic, Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marvin Bagley the third. The only one that I'm kind of surprised about is Marvin Bagley, to be honest. I feel like I did not hear or see much of him. You know what I'm surprised about? What's up? That DeAndre Ayton didn't get only first team votes. Really? Because <laughs> you see that Doncic and, and Trey Young both received strictly first-team votes. Right. Who are the people that are saying that DeAndre Ayton is a second-team rookie? He averaged 16 and 10. His team's abysmal, but that's a good year. Yeah, th- th- I mean, you saying they're abysmal should highlight the fact that he had such a good year. As a rookie, it's hard to stand out on a bad team. It's easy, yeah. it's easy for a, a veteran, but as a rookie, that's hard. Yeah, I mean, the guy shot almost 59% from the field. He played 30 minutes a game, and he averaged 16 and 10. Yeah, what? But anyway, <laughs> that's, like, not really a big deal, but it's just crazy to me. We you look up Bagley's stats, I'm curious about him. Yeah. Because he, he had 56 first-team points and uh, 44 second-team points. Um, Bagley averaged 15, seven and a half boards, 50% shooting in okay. 25 minutes. So I'm probably wrong then. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a, it's solid. It's a solid rookie Tw- campaign. Especially in 25 minutes. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, second team, we got Shy, Shy Gilgis Alexander on the Clippers, who we discovered this year, along with his teammate Landry Shamit, who yeah. both just balled in the playoffs. <laughs> Somehow. At, at the end of the season, once they traded away Tobias Harris. Uh, we also got Colin Sexton on the Cavs, Mitchell Robinson of the Knicks, and Kevin Huerter. Huerter? Of the the Hawks, who Kevin on the Hawks received one first team vote. So good for, <laughs> good for you, Kevin. You got one ride or die out there. Maybe he was stealing Aitens. Yeah, maybe. Um, interesting enough. I don't know. There was a lot of people talking the talk. You know who got snubbed? Yada yada. Yeah. One of the ones that got snubbed was Alonzo Trier, in his opinion. 
and I, I don't know. I just saw it on Twitter, and I was just kind of like, I don't know if it was really a stub, bro. You were kind of up and or, or a snub. You were kind of up and down all year long. But I mean, granted, he was undrafted and he had a great season, and stuff like that. But yeah, um, someone who doesn't believe they got snubbed though is Miles Bridges of the Hornets. Doesn't believe that he got he, snubbed. He doesn't. He says, I didn't get snubbed. I played like ass all year. I don't deserve to be on any team. Next year will be different. Shrug emoji. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's, I, 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 I can respect that. Yeah, like, take it like a man and say, oh, you know what? I need to be better. I enjoy that. Like, get you some. Interesting <laughs> is that uh, Kevin Knox isn't on here. He was like the standout in summer league, but his teammate Mitchell Robinson is. I mean, did he do much during the regular season? Then? No, that, that's, I'm just yeah, highlighting he that like, he was injured I like a lot he too. Existed. Oh, he was. You're right. And that's how Trier kind of came about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're right. Yep. So unfortunate for him, but also at the same time, just kind of highlighting that he didn't make it. Um. So now we got the All NBA teams, which were just. They threw me. They caught me off guard this year. To be honest, I was not expecting this. So, what do you mean not expecting it? Like, who's on them, or when it happened? <laughs> I hate you. The order in which it happened, like <laughs> okay. who's where? Jesus Christ. Okay. okay so it was it was unclear. I'm sorry. First team we got Giannis, Harden. Yeah, that was a shocker. <laughs> Harden, Curry, Paul George, and Nikola Jokic. Um, second pretty team. Mean. That's pretty mean. It is pretty mean. I agree. Um, Nikola Jokic. Or whoa, what? Second team. I was re- I was looking at his name, and I meant to say second team. Second team. We got Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyrie Irving. And then last but not least, we got third team: Russ Westbrook, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, Rudy Gobert, and Kemba Walker. As we mentioned before, Kemba now is super maxer because he's on third team, which. This, this is his first one, I believe. Um, other players receiving votes for guards. I'll just go through like the first like four or five here. Bradley Beal, Clay Thompson, Ben Simmons, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, DeMar DeRozan, stuff like that. Um, forwards, we got Lamarcus Aldridge, Gallinari, Pascal Siakam, who I think might have been a snub. And interesting. And for centers, Carl Anthony Towns, Vucevic, Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, Miles Turner. Although Anthony Davis was hurt a lot of the season. So for first team, it's like, yes, these guys belong here. Giannis, James Harden, Steph Curry, Paul George, Nikola Jokic. Like those are big names, right? But on the yeah. the second team can be its own like first team in a way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like very much. It's weird to me that Kevin Durant made second team. I'm not gonna Why? lie, he's a first team guy, no doubt. Well, yeah, I mean he's an all time player, but look at the guys who are in front of him. I Giannis know. is an an absolute no brainer, and Paul George isn't an MVP candidate for no reason. The guy played out of his mind for the better part of the season. I know it's just like you'd think, like you said, no brainer for Giannis. I think the same thing when I think KD. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird to like see different names, I guess, at the top. Yeah, I think that's what it is, is that we're so used to seeing 
KD, LeBron, Curry. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm surprised Curry made it, honestly. I feel like his season was kind of average. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if a Damer, a Kyrie was thrown in there. Okay. At first, I was going to be kind of shocked at what you said, but yeah, I guess you have a point. But compared Curry, compared to those two guys, I should I, say. I feel like Curry just had so many games that you were just like, what? He did what? <laughs> he didn't he do just what? Absolute, no, where he just absolutely <laughs> murdered. Uh, true. He always makes up for it. Um, big shock to me, too, was LeBron James being third team. Yeah, you feel a way about that. Why don't you tell us about it? Uh, I mean, he averaged the same amount of points, rebounds, and assists as Kevin Durant. 27, 8, 8. Yeah, I mean, if that's a third-team performance, holy crap, give me the third team all day. <laughs> like, Yeah. that's. I think it just comes down, though, to record and amount of games he played. Yeah, I mean. Now, if he doesn't make a team, I'm protesting. I'm pissed. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's also hard to be like, where, whose place would he take? Like, Kawhi had a great season, but did he have a better season than LeBron? I, I know Kawhi's having incredible playoffs right now. That's a no-brainer. But you look at Kawhi being the leader of that team and his team having the second-best record in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know? I don't know. I just wasn't expecting that is all I'm saying. Well, um, then, then you have the people, though, and this is an argument I think I could make almost to – to go against what you just said. How is Russell Westbrook third team? He averaged a triple-double. Yeah, because he averaged a triple-double and it was like still somehow mediocre. I would put him above Kyrie Irving, honestly. I don't think Kyrie had a great season. Nor do I, but I, I think it's just kind of a thing where numbers aren't the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, if... If these had come out and they're like, yep, LeBron didn't make it, then I would have been like, okay, you guys are really on some BS right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, anyways, uh, you guys can make your own opinions. We got to move right along here to playoff games because we're how, – how long have we been podding for? Probably like 40 minutes. Yeah, so let's keep rolling here. We don't want to keep these folks too long. They got things well, to do. we can make this recap – for Golden State and Portland about as long as the series. Um, It was all Golden State (laughs) in a weird way because Portland led by double digits in most of these games. I mean, I said earlier tonight that I thought Portland won at least a game or two because it just felt like it. Yeah, uh, so in game two, Portland was up 15 at half. This was actually during the last pod, and I think this influenced us saying Portland would lose the series in six games instead of four. Um, they absolutely just blew that halftime lead as the mm-hmm. Warriors went on their weird signature third quarter run um, where they outscored Portland by 15. Uh, some notable numbers in the series in game t- or in game two, excuse me, Steph had 37, eight and eight. Draymond Green, 16, 10, seven. Clay had 24. Um, Kevon Looney had 14 and seven. Uh, the Trailblazers side, uh, Dame had 23, 5, and 10. McCollum, 22. Seth Curry had 16. And then other guys in double figures, Harkless with 12. Seth Curry with 16. And Hood, did I ever say that? And Rodney Hood with 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confusing myself. Yeah. Um, we can move. I mean, there's not much to say other than they blew it. 
I think we could just move right on to game three where they blew yeah. it blew it again. <laughs> well, where I thought maybe like now being at home, if they could jump out to a mm-hmm. lead, they could maintain it. But again, they get blasted in the third quarter. They get outscored twenty nine to thirteen, and they take another L. They were up seventeen at one point. Yeah. Um, CJ McCollum twenty three three and five. Dame nineteen six six. Myers Leonard sixteen three and four. Uh, the Warriors. Curry played another great game, 36, 6, and 3. Draymond, 19, 5, and or Clay, excuse me, 19, 5, and 5. Uh, and then Draymond had a triple double of 20, 13, and 12. And Draymond also has been, he just absolutely picked this team apart, the Trailblazers. He killed them. Yeah. I hate to admit it because I hate Draymond, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like we said before, I think his role has really. Now that KD isn't on the floor, we're really seeing right now that it was him who suffered from KD showing up and nobody else. Yeah, he was like a little mouse scared of the snake, you know. But now, now he's out here just feeding. I don't know if I'd say that exactly, but um, and again, we saw that in game four. So this one, uh, Golden State had to go to overtime to win it, but they still managed to, to take the W and close the series 119, 117. Um, I think Portland led this one at half by four points. Um, so they didn't blow it in the same way, but uh, still kind of blew it. Uh, I believe Dame missed what would have been a game-winning layup at the buzzer. Is that correct? In game three? Four. Oh, we're already on four? Jeez. Yeah. When did we go there? All right, I'm I here. I was just talking about it for like 30 seconds. <laughs> but yes, he missed like a, a floater kind of shot. Yeah. Wasn't the best shot i didn't think but yeah agreed uh, like they wound the clock down and they kind of just he kind of forced it up didn't really have that's usually how it happens yeah it wasn't very clean that's the shot there see the 40 footer against okc (laughs) but uh for the trailblazers nathan mentioned earlier that myers leonard tried to carry him he really did in the first half he had 25 in the first half but he ended the game with 30 and 12 boards as well dame had 28 four and 12 assists McCollum had 26 and seven assists Zach Collins had 10 points and that's kind of where the contributions ended for the trailblazers uh-huh. on the warrior side Steph continued to do Steph things 37 13 boards how do you let him get 13 boards uh, and 11 assists I don't get it <laughs> Draymond like I mentioned played outstanding again um joined Steph with a triple double at 18 Please. 14 and 11 I believe that was the first time teammates had triple doubles in a I was gonna game. say like this can't be a common occurrence here that's no. rare. Well, you look at, I think it was just this year when LeBron and Lonzo had a triple-double in the same game. It was the first time teammates had done it, period, in a while. Yeah, I think Kyrie and Braun almost did it in game six of the finals against the Warriors in 2016. I think Kyrie was like two assists away or something. Scrub. Um, other Warriors, Clay had 17, six boards. Looney had 12 and 14 rebounds. Um, and then Alfonso McKinney had 12. I mean, I think it's just the rebounds that they wanted here. Like, they had a number of rebounds. Well, you look at, for the Trailblazers, you had Myers Leonard was the only guy in double figures with 12 boards. The next highest was seven and then four. And then Golden State, you have 14, 13, and 14. So, yeah, it certainly sounds like it. (laughs) And then you even have Clay with six, which is pretty big. Total rebounds, Golden State 56 to Portland's 38. Offensive rebounds 15 to six. Yeah, if you win those, you're going to win the game. It's just like a, it's hard to win a game 
being out rebounded that heavily. That's a big yikes. It doesn't happen often. And you can't let Golden State outscore you by 18 points in the paint. That's not even where they win games, you know? So. No, especially when you got Myers down there dropping 25 and a half. Yeah, true. But uh, so that was pretty quick work for Portland, unfortunately. And I think we touched on this enough earlier, but you kind of have to just wonder if you're Portland, where do you go now? Um, you get a new coach. You don't extend him. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, free agency, man. You try to pick up someone for cheap. Yeah, it's just not looking great. <laughs> they need a four who can actually score the ball because uh, Harkless and what's his what the other guy are are not getting it done. Yeah, I mean, I love you, Enos, but you might not be it either. Actually, I don't love Enos, but well, I've, I've grown to love he, him. He won't be their starter, though. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like they need, they need more spark, man. They just, it just I, seems like if Dame or CJ has an off night, the team's doomed. Well, and that's true, and that's why I really think it's their fours, dude. Harkless and Aminu do not score consistently, and they're not really big guys. They need, they need someone who can stretch the floor from that four position, but who can also rebound. Like we just mentioned, they got absolutely eaten alive on the boards. So that's what I'd like to see the Blazers pick up. I don't, I don't think it's fair to blame their coach for, for this whole fiasco, especially with how great golden state has been since 2015 or whatever. But yeah, I mean, let's jump to the interesting series, unless you have some really intriguing Portland thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that's a sweep. All Who right. cares? It's a wrap. Milwaukee versus Toronto, game two. The Bucks dominate at home, 125-103. Um, not much happened here other than Pascal didn't perform well. Only yeah. Kawhi did with 31-8. and eight. Yeah. And Kyle Lousy was Kyle okay. He was so far. With 15-4-4. Four and, four. and then Norman Powell off the bench had 14. Serge Ibaka, 8-10. On the other end, though, it was just all Bucks. Giannis, 30-17 boards, five assists. Uh, Miritich dropped 15 and six boards. Ilyasova, 17. George Hill, 13. Brogdon, 14. Chris Middleton, 12. Lots of guys in double figures. Yeah. Just kind of took a lead in the first quarter and never looked back. The end of the first quarter was 35-21. to 21. They outscored the Raptors 29-18 to 18 in the second quarter. And that's just like enough to put you over the edge right there. Yeah. In my opinion. It was pretty one sided. And uh yeah, not a lot to report from, from there. Um kind of was sad. I was like, Oh, are we really not gonna get a series here? And then it got because, interesting. Because I said game seven <laughs> going to the raps. Um we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> and uh so game three, I hop, take it away. Uh, game three was a good one. Um, it was pretty hard fought the whole way, and it ended in double overtime with Toronto winning 118-112. Um, this was pretty back and forth, pretty tooth and nail for the entire game. It was really fun to watch. Um, Stats-wise, on the Bucks side, Giannis played pretty poorly, at least scoring-wise. He had mm-hmm. 12 points. Uh, he had a career playoff high or career high period, 23 rebounds, however, which is pretty pretty savage. And mm-hmm. seven assists. Um, Lopez had 16 and six. Middleton, he did something. 
Yeah, he did. Middleton with nine and nine. I've said before, Middleton not scoring is not going to win you games for the Bucks. Bledsoe with eleven, Brogdon with twenty, and Hill with twenty-four. Good to see but those if, guys contributing. If Middleton doesn't score and Brogdon does, does that kind of cancel it out a little bit? Or do you need both those guys scoring? Obviously, both would be better, but you know what I mean. I feel like I want Middleton to be playing well more than I want Brogdon to be playing well. Okay. And I, I think that Middleton is being asked to do a lot of tough defending on Kawhi, and I think we can see in his offensive game the effects of that. It's a fair point. Because he played well in game four, which we'll talk about in a minute, but then tonight in game five, I do not believe he was he was that great. But um, in this game on the Raptors' side, Kawhi... Ew. Kawhi played 52 minutes and Pascal played 51. Yeah. And this is something we mentioned earlier, too, as far as load the management, hell? where game one, Kawhi looked really tired. Mm-hmm. And here we are still playing him gratuitous amounts. But in those 52 minutes, Kawhi had 36, nine boards, five assists. Siakam in his 51 minutes, 25 and 11. Gasol finally contributed in the way that they <laughs> need him to. He had 16, 12, 7. Uh, Powell had 19, been playing pretty well this series. And Kyle sort of lousy this game had 11 four and five lousy did his thing you know what i mean (laughs) yeah seriously um yeah man i mean this was in toronto right yeah i mean for me this game was like a winner go home this was going to be like a statement game yeah if the raptors lose this there was no way they're coming back from 3-0 in my opinion i was just like nah they're done well no i don't think that's ever happened (laughs) um I do want to shout out Kawhi in the second overtime, just playing great. He had a game. I think he had two steals, uh, one of which was the game clinching fast break dunk. Well, and that well, one, not a game clinching, but he put him up. That what, one was three poor offense from Milwaukee. Like that was an absolute throwaway. But nevertheless, yes. But he's still the claw. And then uh, the next possession down the court, I think Siakam sent Lopez off the board. Mm, yeah, that's correct. So, I mean, there was just a lot. Of, this game was very back and forth. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, didn't really know who's going to win. It looked like the Raptors were going to fold at one point in the fourth quarter. They were up, I don't know. It seemed like a couple times they were up six to like 10 points. And then they'd kept getting it down to two. And then they'd go back up like six. And then they, you know, kept getting closer and closer and ended up obviously going to double overtime. But it just didn't seem like they were going to sustain that. Yeah. And the whole time I was thinking, oh, man, they're done in the second overtime. There's no way. (laughs) But nonetheless. Well, and at the end of regulation, it was pretty wild, too. Middleton, I believe, got blocked and then got his rebound and put it back up to score to send it to the overtime. Mm -hmm. Um, Giannis fouled out pretty early in the first overtime, at which point I thought it was an absolute wrap. I was pretty impressed that the Bucs managed to send it to a second overtime. Um Nevertheless, on the Kawhi note, he said, this is playoff basketball. Everyone's hurting in response to his playing 52 minutes on a hurt leg. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, Kawhi. I think you should play less than 52 minutes, but whatever. Whatever it takes to win a game. I suppose so. But moving to game four. Similar, like a, a game two for the the Bucks, but flipped. The Raptors. Yeah. Uh, they win. 120 to 102, kind of just their game from second quarter on-ish. They just kind of never really showed signs of slowing down. Um, first quarter, it was, you know, wraps by one. 
but they just kind of slowly extended the league, the lead, mm-hmm. and the honestly the Bucks just were missing shots that I thought they should be making. Yeah. But a man who wasn't missing shots was Middleton. He was he had thirty six and seven. Yeah, great game. Right after him, Giannis twenty five, ten and five, Miritich eleven, and that's about it. <laughs> Everybody else single digits, pretty low single digits. Like I said, missing shots. Well, you look at the their guards. Bledsoe in twenty minutes had five. Brogdon in twenty eight minutes had four. Hill in twenty seven minutes had five. That's literally no guard scoring at all. Yeah, I remember watching this game. They had open shots too. They just just one of those games, man. You just can't hit anything. Yeah, which happens, um, but oh <laughs> god, Bledsoe needs to stop shooting threes to begin with. But that's a separate story. <laughs> so on the other side, Kawhi I honestly didn't do his usual Kawhiness. He like he's been balling this playoffs. He's been nuts. Seems like he's been averaging about thirty-five a game. Uh, this game he had nineteen and seven. Um, Kyle Lowry was not lousy. He had 25, 5, and 6. Marcus Saul, 17, and 5. Um, and Pascal didn't play that well either, 7, 4, and 6. But yeah. guys that picked it up were Norman Powell, 18, Fred, Fred Van Fleet, Van Vliet with 13, and then Sergi Bach had a great game, 17 and 13. Also, for the record, it feels like Kawhi's been averaging 35 a game because he's been averaging 31. <laughs> Jeez. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, something that surprised me this game was Surge came out, Surge, you know, charged. <laughs> Boo. No, he, yeah. he was big energy for them. He had a couple dunks early, hit a couple jumpers, really set the tone, I feel like, for them in a way that he has not been. Yeah, like it was just surprising. It was like, oh, man, he's getting going here. And then he slowed down throughout the game, but he had like 13 at the end of like the first or midway through the second or something like that yeah and so, and so you were just like okay all right you know because no one else was really doing a whole lot at that point so he he was kind of filling the gap where it needed to be filled for sure yeah game five we can actually talk about this because it just happened it's over now shout out nathan for making this record late this kind of works out in our favor um, <laughs> so this one goes back to milwaukee and the raptors take it much to my surprise 105 to 99 <laughs> Not to my surprise, because Raps in seven. Um, I think the the real thing <laughs> of note here is the Bucks get outscored by nine in the fourth quarter. So, you know, kind of just really falling off late and losing the game. Um, let's look at the numbers, because we didn't get to watch much of this game. But to my earlier comment about Middleton, six points. Ten boards and ten assists, six points. Damn, I... It's a good everything else game, though. It is. I wonder about his his touches. Do you want to keep going with the stats, and I'm going to look into Middleton? Yeah, what's really surprising is Giannis at 24-6-6. Six, and six. Mainly the 6-6 six and six is surprising. Um, Lopez, splash bout in 16-8, decent game. Bledsoe had a good uh, one of his better games of the series with 20. Brogdon, 18-11. George Hill, 12-8. Rebounds. Uh, Kawhi had 35-7-9. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pascal had 14-13. and 13. Uh, Lousy played decent again, 17-7-6. And, and Van Fleet had, like, the game of his career. Why was Van Fleet balling? It was pissing uh, me off, man. Tw- 21 points. I'm sure all of those were three-pointers. 
Mm-hmm. Probably were they actually? <laughs> it sure seemed like it. Every time I would watch, he was hitting the three. Someone tweeted, not sure if Fred Van Fleet or Steph Curry. <laughs> no cap, bro. He was seven for nine from three. Yeah, dude was lighting it up. He only took four non-three-point shots. <laughs> Talk about a game where you need to show up for your team. Oh, it his sounds pl- like he just had a kid, too. Dude, his plus-minus was 28. Ew. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, plus-minus is uh, like basically points that you're response or help score when you're on the, f- the floor. So when he was on the floor, the Raptors were plus what? 28, right? That's what you said. No, I know. I'm just saying like, that's the right way to say that. And is that confusing how I'm saying it? I was reading. I missed all of it. I'm sorry. But the plus minus is like the, uh, you're outscoring it, the other team when you're on the floor. Yeah, so like yeah, when the, the Raptors point, were on the floor, it's the, the floor. point differential when that particular player is on the floor. All added together. Like, so when he goes out, it stops. And then when he comes back on. So it was yeah. he, together himself had a 28 point differential. Yeah. So that's how big of an impact well, he was. Well, the team had a 28 point differential while he was on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And the next closest to him on the Raptors was nine. Wow. Which was Ibaka. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, fun he, fact. He only played what thirty? Oh, he played thirty-seven minutes. Just kidding. Yeah. Rewind. I mean, I hope he was on the floor with how he was shooting. Seriously, uh, go ahead with Van your fun Vliet fact. On Monday morning, flew back to his hometown in Illinois for the birth of his second child, Fred Jr. Um, and then oh, on God. on Tuesday night, he shot five for six Jr. from the field and three for three from three. And then tonight, he shot seven for nine from three. So something about having a kid made Fred Van Vliet a baller. Dude, it's probably honestly just like like nothing else matters anymore. This is just a game. Like I have a kid, you know. <laughs> He's my number one priority. All the all the other thing is just all the other things are just kind of secondary. It sounds so, like it was his second kid, but still. Maybe he's just more relaxed. You know, he doesn't have anything to worry about. Well, um, whatever it is, good for him because he's playing out of his mind. Crazy to note was this is the first time all season the Bucks have lost three straight games. Well, I mean Tuesday night was the second time all year they lost back-to-backs, so. Yeah, I'm curious if they can lose four straight. I would assume no, but it's at Toronto. God, I really hope not, because even if it ends up being your dumb Raptors in seven prediction, I'm all <laughs> for game seven. Right, yeah, same. Uh, I would be a little more scared because I'm like, oh my God, if what the Raptors lose, I look like an idiot. <laughs> no, because like... I- I think I proved myself at this point. Yeah, Bucks and seven is really like as close as it could get to being dead in the middle of our two predictions. So true. I'm here for it. I only chose Raps and seven because Kawhi's been playing well and he's continued to play well. So thank you, Kawhi. <laughs> Kawhi just doing it single handedly. Seriously, the claw man. That's all he knows how to do is one hand. That's how he grabs the ball. I do want to mention in that double overtime game game four there was a point in the game where there was a jump ball and the ball was going away out of bounds for Kawhi, and he just palmed it oh yeah that was, it was crazy it was going away from his body and he didn't like scoop it with one hand he just straight up grabbed it horizontally like he stuck his hand out and just grabbed it as the ball's going away from him dude like, freaking like crazy he was, like he was grabbing a tennis ball like it was nuts. <laughs> yeah the, the dude well have you seen the video of him holding small things no He's like he has like a kitten in his hand, and it, it's crazy. 
<laughs> like you know how like you hold a small animal and like you use two hands or whatever like yeah it i've just, seen it fits comfortably in the palm of his hand it's amazing i've seen Shaq hold a, a water bottle that's terrifying <laughs> just like a normal size 24 ounce water bottle oh good lord makes it look like a freaking sippy cup Shaq's a lot bigger than Kawhi though no, I know, I'm just saying. He, his hands, too. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, let's uh, move on to the best part of the pod. Hip hoop. Wow. There's so much enthusiasm right there. The Gotta hit up the, the, the octave for the singing part of the pod. <laughs> really, though? That was fire. I'm going to feature that on hip hoop one of these weeks. I'm going to auto tune myself. <laughs> oh, I hope that you do. I hope that you did, actually, I guess, by the time people are listening now. Probably um, not. A lot of effort. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so for this week on Hip Hoop, Nathan and I talked about this earlier. I'm still working on providing a variety of artists. That's getting challenging, but <laughs> we're still doing it this week. Our artist this week is none other than the legendary Biggie Smalls. Uh, this is actually on a Puff Daddy song. If any of you listening or youngsters at my little brother, this is Diddy. He has had like 7,200 names and mm-hmm. the OG name was Puff Daddy, which is hilarious. This track is called Victory from Puff's uh, 1997 album, No Way Out. So, I'll play it for you, and then we'll break it down. Real quick, real sick, wrong nights, I perform like Mike. Anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson, action, back guns, ridiculous. All right, so because this is from 1997, the audio quality is freaking horrible. Um, so... We'll walk through the bars and I'll repeat them here so that you know what he says. He says, real sick, raw nights. I perform like Mike. Anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson, action, pack guns, ridiculous. Uh, For the breakdown there, the first part, I feel it's pretty straightforward. Real sick, raw nights. Uh, So raw has a lot of definitions. This one, I feel like he could be calling out his rapping skills as raw. They're natural, innate. He's just this good at rapping just because he's himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Or it could be general rep definition to just like being real with it. It's raw. It's uncut. It's straightforward. Um, the next bar, he says, I perform like Mike, anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson. So obviously Mike Tyson, Mike Jordan, Michael Jackson, who are all elites in their respective fields. Um, so saying, comparing yourself to these guys is really just saying that you're the freaking top tier of what you do. I think it's hilarious that there's this many Michaels that are really good at their craft so yeah that is kind of crazy so if you name your kid michael tread lightly <laughs> um, common name i guess uh yeah that's that's true too shout out my dad um <laughs> the next bar he says action <laughs> <laughs> he says action uh which follows the name jackson which could be a play on the 1988 film action jackson which mm-hmm. features carl weathers who plays apollo creed from rocky if you really want to go deep with this, which could be a reach, but mentioning Carl Weathers, a, a movie with him in it shortly after mentioning Mike Tyson could be some kind of boxing reference drawn the line between those two things. I wouldn't put it past Biggie to be doing that. Um, and then the last part, just pack guns, ridiculous. Um, he's just talking about his lifestyle. I think this plays back to the beginning, the raw nights where how it could be just a, a general reference to him saying that what he's doing is real, it's raw, it's uncut. Um, this would really play into that saying, like, he packs guns, he's still, and, you know, as his life ended with him getting shot, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't condone gun violence. 
we really don't and usually on football we know we say we don't condone x but do as you wish don't don't shoot people don't do as you wish <laughs> don't do it it's just a bad thing um i wanted to add here and make a note it was kind of hard to hear um when biggie delivered the line but for people who listen to a lot of rap music or even if you don't this is just a really popular song and you might have heard that this is very similar to a line that jay-z uses in the 2012 ninjas Bro, in paris i was just thinking this oh yeah i was singing that part in my head when you were saying the jackson jordan is that why i heard like drums in the background or were you just hitting something no nah, maybe <laughs> um <laughs> so i'll play that line and it should be very apparent to you how similar they are Bro, that's literally the line I was like, I was thinking it. I was like, that sounds familiar. That sounds like ninjas in Paris. Yeah. Also hot mother modify me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you caught that, and it makes me glad that I, I thought to do this. But um, in case you couldn't hear, great. Uh, that that Jay Z is psycho. I'm liable to go. Michael, take your pick. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan. Game six. I think the addition of game six makes his more lit. But that's yeah, that separate, is kind of cool. That's a separate issue. Um, so this is exactly really the same bar. He just reorders his Michaels. Um, to this point, Jay has a long history of quote unquote recycling Biggie's bars. Um, the two of them were friends. Kanye has a song that references that pretty clearly called Big Brother. My big brother was Big's brother. Um, pretty dope song. But there are entire articles written about this online talking about Jay-Z using Biggie's bars and whether that's cool or not, whether he should be doing it, whether it, it takes away from him as an MC. Jay has spoken out on this in the past and pretty much just says he doesn't care what people think of him using Biggie's bars. He says, if something inspires me, I'm going to use it. And to him, that's a way of paying homage to Biggie. Uh, and he also says to anyone who criticizes him for this, they're welcome to come sit with him in the studio and put a beat on and write some bars and see who's is better, his or theirs. <laughs> um, so hip hop has this really strong culture of purity in, in what you're doing, making sure that everything you have is your own. This was kind of the whole stem of that Drake and Meek Mill feud about having ghost writers and other people writing your music. And I think stealing someone's bars, quote unquote, is kind of follows in that same vein where people feel strongly about it. So whether this is theft or homage, you all can decide. The evidence is right here in front of you. If you're interested, you can honestly just circle or circle. You can just Google <laughs> circle. You can Google uh, something like Jay-Z using Biggie lines or Jay-Z recycling bars, anything of that nature. It comes up with this whole long list of articles with Jay speaking on it and other people's opinions. So educate yourself. And that was Victory from Puff Daddy featuring Biggie Smalls. Thank you, Alex. Happily. <laughs> and now to end the show, we got the segment, the football we know. Um, pretty easy one here this week, I think, uh, in light of some weird things that happened in the, the, the all-NBA voting. Um, so for ball we know, players and coaches should select all NBA teams, not the media. So um, I think the biggest thing here is 
you mentioned this earlier that I totally forgot about. This affects dudes' money. Yeah. Like, Kemba is getting a, a max because he's on this, but if he didn't make this, he wouldn't be getting his max or super max. Yeah. He would just be getting the max, poor Kemba, but you know what I mean. Yeah, poor um, thing. And another thing I wanted to mention was D Wade made or got a vote for second team from some random media dude who just wanted to waste a vote <laughs> and say D Wade should be second team. Oh, God. That's so just, stupid. Just wanted to waste a vote. It is a waste of a vote. No one else is going to vote for him. He's the only one. Like, I mean, that's just going to... I don't know, man. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I have to stop this right now. Yes? Drake just changed his Instagram profile picture to the Bucks' daughter. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, that's legendary. I'm almost in tears right now. That's this awesome. The pettiest W I've ever seen. Way to go, Drizzy. I respect oh that response. God. Oh, I love it. Okay, sorry. Continue. No, that's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so in closing, uh, like these guys obviously aren't taking this very seriously. I mean, there's guys that didn't make it that obviously should have the players know who should make it and who shouldn't. Like when miles Turner said, like, y'all know who I am, like my, the, the, the day ones or whatever, you know, like that's true. The NBA players do know who's worthy of what. And I think they can all vote fairly. And I think if they did this, some names that you're not expecting would pop up and that'd be like a good thing. You know, I also don't think that miles Turner would have made it if NBA players voted, but you know what you know what I mean, though. Yeah, definitely. I, and I think there is such a a media bias towards certain players in a way that is unfair. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I can't think of a good reason though that we let the media pick stuff like this. Right. I. You know why? If someone could lay out for me a few good reasons outside of the players are biased, because like, mm-hmm. let's be real. If I'm Steph Curry, I'm voting myself first team. Like I'm, I'm just that good. A- am I gonna vote for Clay Thompson now for second team? Maybe, maybe even first team because he's my teammate. Yeah, does Clay Thompson deserve those votes? I mean, maybe. Like, is Clay Thompson one of the like five or six best guards in the league? Yeah. And he was pissed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I think that the guys who beat him out this year deserve to beat him out. Yeah, those guys the, all played great. And this, like him not making it, obviously affects his next contract, which he might not go to the Warriors, so he could get more money. You know. Yeah, yeah, which is true. Um, I, it felt like with Clay, like you mentioned, with him being angry, it sounds like he he's offended based on he feels like his contributions are not being given the credit that they are due which might be true, but this isn't a, this isn't an award about how many finals you've made it to. This is an award about how you played this year. And as much as you like that or not, that is relative to other guys. Um, another thing I want to say real quickly. Also, Marvin Bagley, the third was given a third team all NBA vote. What? Yeah. Along with Dwayne Wade's second team, Marvin got a third. What? So you're telling me 
LeBron James and Marvin Bagley are the same the same category. Is that what we're saying? One well, weird ass reporter. Obviously, we're not saying that because he got one vote and LeBron got a lot more than one vote. But um, this man thinks that they're in the same category. He probably voted for him over LeBron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes me ask a lot of questions, but. It, yeah, I definitely feel like it makes more sense for the players because the media is dumb. Do you want like, like at least a good mix, you know? 50-50? Yeah, try to start it that way, see what happens. Just Or just even trial it. Let the pl- Next year, let the media choose. Fine. But have the players vote too and see how your results compare. Because if the medias are whack, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that these are that bad. Like, I think... This is pretty on point, but like you said, as soon as as soon as Marvin Bagley's getting votes, I mean, this can just affect other dudes making third, second, or first team. You know, but if there's ever like a one place difference, one place or a one vote difference, yeah, like that's just stupid. Like you should vote for that if you know for a fact, not because he's your favorite player or he's a nice guy or whatever. You know, whatever the case may be. Like, it's, it's just kind of, it's weird. I don't know, though. I could imagine there being things that happen amongst NBA players, too, where you'd say, like, what? That guy? And you'd be like, that what? That guy doesn't actually, they're friends. You'd do the same thing. <laughs> you just have different rationale. Yeah, it's true. But I, I feel like, nah, I don't know. I definitely think NBA players might have a better scope on what's going on around the league, though. Agreed. But for they're... now, shout out Kemba for getting the, the Supermax and RIP Clay's extra money. Because he yes. just missed out on 30 mil for this exclusion. And good luck on your decision, Kemba, because if you um, don't, if you do not get your Supermax deal with the Hornets, you're leaving 80 million on the table. <laughs> so. Oh no, he'll only make 150 and actually be on a good team. God forbid. Just say it. I really want to know what these guys think they need this much money for. 80 million, dude. If someone just offers you that to stay where you're living currently, that's so hard to turn down, like 80 extra million. And I hear that. But this is like, what's a drop of water in a pond? I don't know, man. It's just it's a lot of money. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, I think it depends on who you are. And I also think that these guys, a guy like Kemba probably wants to win. So what's more important to you? having even more gratuitously large amounts of money or not being on a POS team. I'm going to put it this way. This might be his only Supermax deal he gets. Also true. Also so, true. I mean, sorry, Kemba, but you're, you barely squeaked in this year and like, you don't get a lot of recognition and there's a lot of up and coming guys. I think this was like, this is, this was the perfect time for him to make third team for like the first time ever. I think. Yeah. You have a point. <laughs> so, with that, that's the episode. We made it to the end, friends. Yay, we did it. Thanks for tuning in, as y'all usually do. We appreciate you. I, we've actually picked up listeners. Um, Yeet! So I don't know if you're new or if you just came back. Either way, welcome. Thanks for welcome listening. Back. Yeah, we enjoy your company, and we really want you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can hear further podcasts in the future. And you'll be alerted whenever they drop. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to review and give it five stars. 
Wow, that was like real fire. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at for ball we know. I've been grinding, posting some stories for y'all, keeping you updated, keeping you entertained, all the good things. He has been. Um he has been not a has been. <laughs> yeah, and I I've been kind of busy, so I haven't been, but in the next few weeks I should be less busy. So Lit. we will well in more like three or four weeks from now. But then the Instagram will even be more lit because we'll have two guys doing it. Except the season will be over, so we'll see about what happens after that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, hit the buttons, do the things, tell your friends. And for all we know, we love you. Yeah, that. So thanks for listening again, and uh, we'll catch you next week when we will know who's playing in the finals. And I think game one will already be over. And we'll have to ask, can warriors kill wild animals? And uh, extinct ones. Can they bring them back to life and kill them again? <laughs> oh, that's dark. That sounds like something humans would do, though. So Would they go to Hawaii and kill more Jurassic Park kind of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. But furthermore, we'll figure out whether Nate was right in his Game 7 raps prediction, or was he just close enough that you guys are going to give it to me anyway? Go Bucks. <laughs> For Nate. For Hop. See ya. Adios. Man, I'm 75 and still alive. Like, damn, it went fast. I know somewhere up above my father's having a laugh. Every lesson that he told me adding up like it's math. And every time I'm looking dumb because I ain't listening to the man. And now I'm thinking, man, where my legacy at? As I'm staring at the child of my child on my lap. And it hits me all at once, man, this is where it at. I said, son, go get that bond. Let me show you who you are. I said, this is my legacy. I leave it for you. And that's something that's a part of me now, a part of you too And it's more than just a game, and it's more than just a sport If there ever truly is a sign of God, it's a proof It'll teach you how to work, how to love, how to lose All the dedication needed to be the man that you choose I'm leaving it for you so you can be the better man I handed him the rock like I put the world in his hands And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah And now he's dribbling, yeah He put some shots up and he's dribbling